Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Pastor May J.J. Gilbert Sr. coming to you from On the Wall E-Ministries here in Altavista, Virginia. We're coming to you this morning at our Sunday School Hour. We thank God for you joining us this morning. We have a beautiful lesson this morning. God promises to restore. Coming out of Isaiah 43rd chapter, verses 1 through 4, verses 10 through 12. Uh, January the 8th, lesson 6, coming out of our standard commentary this morning, universal lesson plan. And if you've got any other literature other than... Um, um, Union Gospel Press, they match our lesson plan that we are doing this morning. So we do thank God for you joining us. God's promises to restore. Again, coming out of Isaiah 43, 1 through 4, 10 through 12. Hopefully this morning as we look at our lesson, we'll be able to uh, list the parallel elements of the lesson text, especially elements that say the same thing in different words, compare and contrast the use of the words ransom as used in Isaiah in our text today as compared to as Christ used in the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and also in First Timothy, then list ways to recognize God's protection when it is occurring in our lives today. So beautiful lesson today. God's pro promises to restore. Let us read our text this morning, beginning with that first verse. But now, thus says the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, that he has formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I am redeemed thee, and I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Verse 2. Uh, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, and they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest uh, through the fire, that shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Verse 3, for I am the Lord God, uh, Holy One of Israel, my Savior, and I each, and I gave Egypt for a ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. And since thou wast precious in thy sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore, I will give thee men uh, for thee and people for thy life. Verse 10, drop down. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, and that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, I even I am the Lord, and beside thee there is no Savior. Verse 12, our last. And I have declared and saved, and I have shown when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Again, our key text this morning, uh, O Jacob, that I have formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I am redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. Uh, as we look at our introduction this morning, a trustworthy witness. You know, many citizens have jury duty, and uh, it's a tough time. To, we try all our best to try to avoid it. But one man who actually was serving Judy Dude made a world of difference in his attitude. And in the case that was before him, his peers, a young woman was charged with forgery, assault, and attempted murder, and, and testified truthfully, admitting freely of the first two charges, but the last two charges she said she was innocent of. And, and then uh, this young man stood by and believed that this young woman was innocent. So after rendering the verdict, the man learned that one of his peers had decided that the first day that the trial the defendant was guilty of all of the charges and explained why it's given several hours for them to persuade the jury the evidence did not support that predetermined verdict. And that's when uh, the man realized his privilege. You know, 
uh, serving on the jury gave him an opportunity to be able to work with his peers to prevent this young woman from spending uh, unwarranted years in jail. Israel will cause to be a witness of the truth about God's loving faithfulness. And But unlike this young woman, Israel was not always a reliable witness. Isaiah called for his people to act as reliable, truthful witnesses of all that God has done. As we look at our lesson context this morning, as we study today, Isaiah 43 is moved toward about 300 years later after our last text on last Sunday to talk about King Solomon. And various kings had come and gone, and the nation of Israel had split into two parts. The uh, Israelites had been through many, many, multiple cycles of sin and repentance. They had one judge come, and he said he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Then the next one, he did good in the sight of the Lord. So they went through these multiple cycles of sin and repentance. Isaiah 1 allows the date to link the prophetic ministry between 740 and 680 B.C., uh, uh, the older contemporary of Isaiah warned that the northern kingdom of Israel is to repent and to recommit their lives to, to the Lord. Hosea had prophesied that. And then, sadly, Israelites refused to, to walk in the Lord's ways. And the northern kingdom seemed to be split. And one came under captivity by one and another by another. So because of the disobedience and walking contrary to God, things had gotten uh, in a terrible fix. The narrative section in uh, 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 Isaiah 39 uh, with this ill-advised uh, action by King Ho uh, Hezekiah, he welcomed in envoys from, from uh, Babylon to come in, and he showed them everything that he had. And then he ended up finding a way being carried away into captivity. Beginning in Isaiah 40, uh, uh, this section is talking about the book of comfort. And God's people no longer was a threat and they were under the comfort of God. Just as we don't get confused about this terminology, we should point out that sometimes the word Israel talked about the whole nation of Israel. Then other times it talked about Israel, uh, the, the tribe of Israel compared to the tribe of Judah. So the word Israel refers to all people sometimes in our text, but sometimes just refers to the people. But all of Israel was contrary to the word of God. And now we find themselves in a fix. And because of that, God said that he would show them mercy. And because of his love, he promised that he would restore them after they came back, if that they would repent. Last week he said, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, turn from their wicked ways, he said, then will I hear from heaven and he heal the land. So now he's coming back with that promised restoration that he had promised in our text last week to King Solomon. Now he's telling uh, uh, Israel that he will be able to restore them. Let's get into our discussion. The Lord Acts, Isaiah 4, the sub, third chapter, verses 1 through 4. Our first verse, God creates. He said, but now saith the Lord God that created thee, and O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, and have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. He said, but now marks uh, this transition from the declaration of judgment that Isaiah was uh, uh, prophesying in verses chapter 42 uh, of God's assurance of mercy. Now he's telling them that uh, he's going to show mercy upon them 
the judgment is over and he's going to restore them and he redeemed them. So he gives them uh, several different uh, words that represented the same thing. He said that he created them and he formed them. But he also, he came and he assured them, for I have redeemed thee and I have uh, uh, called thee by their name and thou art mine. So uh, just as Israel was God's people, we too are God's people. God calls us and he creates us and he gives us what we need. So we have to understand that God has that authority to be able to uh, do things in our lives because he is our creator. He is our sustainer. He's the one that made us. So he called us by name and we are his children. Then in verse 2, it says, God protects Verse 2 says that when thou passest through the waters, I will with thee, and through the rivers thou shalt not overflow thee, and when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall that flame kindle upon thee. Uh, this, this, this illusion to uh, the Exodus continues to have a reference of them passing through the waters, and, and, and he said, I'll be with thee, and passing through the rivers, and it shall not overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, a few uh, generations later, they shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. God's protection, it will be upon his people, no matter whether they are in the water, in the rivers, whether they're in fire, every situation in your life, God will, he will protect you. He will protect you and restore you because he is your maker. He's your creator. And he, uh, we are his children. So he promises that he will take care of us. And then verses 3 says that, why does he do that? Before I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior, I gave Egypt for a ransom, and Ethiopia and Seba I gave unto thee. See, he said that I did this because I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel. The first title again harkens back to the uh, Exodus of Egypt. He said that he introduced himself in the Ten Commandments that I am. I am that I am, and that's all I am. He told Moses when Moses asked, who shall I tell who sent me? Jesus said, I mean, excuse me, God said, tell him that I am that I am. So he identifies him back into the Exodus, back during the time of Moses. That I am the Holy One of Israel. And he says, I'm your Savior again. He said, I gave Egypt for a ransom, Ethiopia and Seba I gave unto thee. He said, the Savior takes the uh, overly uh, spiritual definition in Christianity. He's our Savior. Uh, Isaiah's audience would likely have thought that this was a physical deliverance. But in Jesus' day, the term uh, talked about being delivered. They thought it was going to take him away from the Roman captivity in Jesus' day. But Jesus said that he saves us from our sin. He saves Israel from his enemies because of his great mercy. Three nations are listed in our lesson. He said Israel, saving Israel from Egypt, from Ethiopia, and from Seba or Sheba. Uh, that was the uh, queen of Sheba that came and Solomon had that relationship with. He said that I have freed you and you as your savior. He saved you during Egypt and Ethiopia and Sheba. So three times he relates to them that I have saved you. If I save you, then I will restore you now. Verse 
4 said, Since thou was precious in my sight, and thou hast honorable, and I have loved thee, therefore I will give thee men and people of thy life. The grand biblical story of God who chose Israel as the nation that he would receive his laws and prepare the way for the Messiah to come. Because Israel was God's chosen out of all nations, they were accounted both precious and honorable in their sight. Uh, we got to understand now, he's talking about that he's paid a, pran a ransom. Uh, he identified, uh, was given unto them by a ransom, not because of their own efforts, not because of anything they did. Uh, this concept also follows through with Christ. Christ became a ransom for you and I when he went unto that cross. So next we get into the Lord calls. The uh, Lord calls Isaiah for the third chapter, verses 10 and 12. Uh, verse 10 says that ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, uh, and, and that ye may know that and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. So here he is getting them to understand that the God's call, you call you to be witnesses. You know, said the Lord God and my servant whom I have called. God has chosen Israel as a servant to be a witness to the Israel people around them. When God blessed Israel, it was an example that God also can bless others. God bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. Just as God blessed Israel, we are to be a witness unto him. He's into the Judea, to Samaria, even unto what? The uttermost parts of the world. We are God witnesses. I think I posted on Facebook uh, last week that some people, you may be the only conduit the only connection where people can get to know about Jesus Christ. You have that power and authority. God has given that to you. It is our duty to be witnesses for God in every area of life, in the church, in the workplace, in the home, everywhere you go, you need to be a witness for the Lord and, and be that witness. He says, and my servant whom I have chosen, God has chosen us. Uh, to be servants, to be servants of the Most High God. And that is a great privilege. We have this great privilege to be able to go out and let someone else know about the Lord. That they might what know and believe and understand that I am he because uh, before me, he said, there was no God's form, neither there shall be none after me. He said that I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. There was no God before me. There was none after me. He told Melchizedek, said that there was no beginning and no end. God is a God that has no beginning and he has no end. But he is the God that, 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 that created us and made us into who we are today. So we need to understand and to know and to believe that, but have enough witness in our life to be able to get others to know and to believe and to make changes in their life. We're going to talk about that this morning. you got to have change in your life, and the only way you can do that is to have the Holy Spirit working in your life on your behalf. And if you want to change, God will put change in your heart. But you cannot have the authority to change without Him working in your life. Verse 11 says, Even I, even I am the Lord. And beside me, there is no Savior. The only hope, the only chance that you and I have, Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No way to the Father but by me. We have one way to get to the Father. We should take advantage of that. He said that I, even I am the Lord. 
And beside me, there is no savior. Don't look at other, those other gods that they were trying to say to serve could not save them. Only one God can serve them. He said, turn into the other gods, get them into the issues they were in today. But when you turn back to God, we have a faithful God. He said that if you would, he would repent of what he did and what he had said. And God said he would change his mind. I know God, he doesn't change, but God said that he would repent. He said that I will not do what I did the first time if you would change and if you would commit your life to him. That's the type of God we had. We got a second chance God. So we need to turn our lives back over to him. Then verse 12, our last verse for this morning says that I have declared and I have saved, I have shown when there was no strange God among you, therefore ye are my witnesses, says the Lord, I, that I am God. They were the witnesses to be able to let the rest of the world know that they, that they have a God to serve. Uh, Israel wasn't chosen because of their perfectness or because of their goodness. They were chosen as a vessel by which the word of God will be uh, evidence to the rest of the world. So he said that you are the witnesses. You are the witnesses that I have shown, that I have saved, and I have showed that there was no strange God among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, huh? We are the witnesses of God. That be able to let the world know that God is. And that's the authority. And that is the power that we have. That is the glorious opportunity that you and I have to let others know that God is, ain't it? And I need to declare that. That, that God will save and, and God will be able to bring you out of your situation and restore you back to full. Look what he did to the prodigal son. He left home. He spent all he had. But when he returned home. He with full, full authority. He gave him a ring for his hand and a rope for his back. He said that you left here, but I brought you back and I restored. And that's the type of God that you and I serve. When we sin and I turn our backs against God, if we would repent, God said that he would restore and bring us back into full fellowship. As we come to our conclusion this morning, you know, much as we might be tempted to judge Israel's efforts to witness, we do well to appreciate that though Israel was not believed in its own ministry, his words was written down. Isaiah was not believed, but his words was written down. That's good for you and I. These are considered precious enough by God to be preserved throughout all generations that Isaiah's word undergan, undergird our Christian witness today. As disciples of Christ, we are to be witnesses unto that unbelieving world that we live in. And as though we might think of ourselves individually as witnesses, but the church, we are the church, is the primary witness to let the world know about Jesus Christ. What do our worship services say about our God? What does our presence in the community tell the truth about our Lord? We, what are our relationships and work and pastimes saying about the holy God we serve? That we have to make sure that we align ourselves with the word of God so that our witness will not be a failing witness. Don't try to live something that I, I like what old folks used to say about you gotta uh, 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 you gotta walk or, or, or you gotta sing what you're talking about or you gotta walk what you're talking about your walk gotta match your talk and your talk gotta match your walk all of that has to be in alignment for your witness to, to be effective for us to be effective witnesses we gotta what 
walk in the alignment where the word of God is so that our witness will not be a failed witness. So let's be a true witness for the Lord by walking and being obedient to his word. God bless you this morning. Our prayer this morning is that Lord give us hearts and minds that we might be true witnesses of your mighty works in our own lives. And thank you for what you have revealed unto us through your history and through our own past that your grace and mercy shined in our lives. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So I thought to remember this morning, remember God's works and witness it faithfully in your life, in your walk and talk. God bless you this morning. May heaven ever smile upon you. Uh, my wife is not with us this morning. She was had a little uh, under the little weather and she was running around yesterday and now she's a little under the weather this morning. But we ask your prayers for her and uh, she's still dealing with a little weight loss and but she's doing a little bit better. My wife, the doctors have put her on some little medication to try to help her uh, to get her nerves, uh, trying to take care of and dealing with our daughter's illness and then her mother uh, two or three days a week have to stay.